This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. This passage, John chapter 1, verse number 1, is one of the most popular passages in the Scripture. I'm reading it to you from a little different translation than most of the time we quote it from because today I want you to, I want you to see it from the angle that I'm going to try to talk to you about. John 1, chapter 1, verse number 1. Here we have, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word. Say the Word with me. The Word was with God and the Word was God. I want you to understand, anytime anybody shows up at your door on Saturday morning, knocks on your door, and tries to tell you that Jesus was not God, they don't understand what God's Word says. That the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him. Speaking about the Word, and the Word is who? Jesus. The Word is who? Jesus. Everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and watch this now, and His life brought light to everyone. Are you thankful for the light of Jesus Christ? Amen. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So we're talking about the power of the Word for just a moment. I want you to keep that in your mind. I want to tell you two stories quickly. Several years ago, I, I was uh, on the continent of Africa, and on this trip, one of the people with me encountered a medical emergency. And during this medical emergency, uh, we weren't sure what to do, and I, I received clarity uh, uh, from uh, uh, someone here at home. I received clarity on what needed to be done for this person. Now, that was a problem because it seemed that all of Africa did not want that to happen. We had taken them in the medical emergency to a small bush hospital, and in this bush hospital, uh, they, by having this one uh, patient in their hospital who was a paying patient, normally there weren't paying patients, who was a paying patient, they were getting basically every day a month's worth of the, what it took to run that hospital. And so they didn't want to let him go, even though they could not provide. They told me themselves, we cannot do what we were told he needed done. We cannot do that in this setting. So then it became a struggle to get him out of that setting. And then there was a, just one battle after another, everything from roadblocks and construction to embassies being closed, just one battle right after another to a block. The one hospital in the nation that could do what needed to be done was not accepting patients. And, and just one battle right after the other. Finally, we settled him into, his, uh, into the emergency room. God intervenes. And when we get settled into a room and everyone finally can breathe again after about three days of what felt like living hell, uh, the local pastor there, who's a great leader in that nation, says to me, he says, I need to talk with you. And I thought, okay, now uh, he, we're going to probably have some words here because I, 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 he had wanted to do something else. And so we go outside and he looks at me and he says these words. He says, pastor, I need you to forgive me. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, I fought you on every hand. And he said, you kept moving. 
I said, well, man, I understand, but look, we just knew what we had to get done. He said, no, listen to me. He said, today you have taught me a life lesson. He said, I fought you. Your own government fought you. The hospital fought you. The, the, the life itself was fighting you. He said, but once what? Now, this is what I want you to get from that. He said, once you set your mind that this is what the man needs, it's simply something that a dear friend, a medical doctor here had told me the man needed. He said, nothing dissuaded you. He said, you became an immovable force to move him from where he was to what he needed, and it saved his life. He said, you have taught me to have that singular focus. I want you to catch that. You have taught me to have that singular focus and not to allow anything to distract you from that singular focus. Now, I, I thought about that many times since then when my mind starts getting distracted from the focus that I need to have it on. And I want to talk to you today about identifying what your singular focus needs to be because life is full of things that want to fight you and block you and cause obstacles to come into your life that will keep you from reaching the place of victory that God's called you to. But you're going to have to develop singular focus. Say that with me. You're going to have to develop what? Singular focus focus. Because when you develop singular focus, you'll stay on track. When you develop singular focus, but the problem is most of us have a singular focus on sin. And we have to get our focus in the right direction, in the right place. So what should be our right direction and our right place? Now let me take you to a second story from the Word of God. This story from the Word of God is about a day that Jesus has gone up to Jerusalem. He is now 12 years old. He's had his bar mitzvah. And so his family has left. And as suddenly they start looking for Jesus, the Bible says they supposed him to have been with them. And a whole lot of people have ended up in trouble because they supposed Jesus was there. They start looking for Jesus, and I can only imagine the conversation that must have happened between Mary and Joseph as they're like, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? And they're like, Joseph's like, well, he's got to be here somewhere. We would expect this from James, but never from Jesus. Come on now. Any James is in the room, but anyways, come on. And so what we have here in this moment is them realizing their son is not where he's supposed to be. So they now have to turn around and go a day's back. And I just can only imagine that conversation. Somebody says, well, my camel's faster. Hop on my camel. So they're, they're just booking it across through there. And that camel's getting an ear fill, uh, full the whole way as they're, just, they're saying, when we get there, we're going to be like, we expect more out of you, Jesus. I mean, could you imagine saying that? I fear some of us may have. Another sermon. They get where they're going, and they only have this image of their little Jesus sitting there waiting for them at the front of, of Jerusalem. And as they're waiting for him at the front of Jerusalem, him going, you left me. And so Mary's heart is broken, and Joseph's getting angry, and everybody's frustrated. And they get there, and there's nowhere to be found as Jesus. So what do they do? They start asking people, have you seen this? He's about this high. He looks like this. Yeah, he kind of looks normal, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. But as they're looking for him, watch this, they're looking for a word about him. They're looking for a word about him. For somebody to say, you know what? I saw a kid that had a coat like that and looked like that. I, I saw a kid like that. I think he just went that way. And they're looking for a word about him. And then finally someone gives them a word about him that says, you know, I think you're probably talking about the boy that's up in the temple. And so when they had found out where he was, they went from looking for, watch this now, from looking for a word about him to looking for him. Instead of looking for a word about him, they're looking for him. 
And when they find him, the Bible says they went in and said, you know, what were you thinking, basically? And Jesus says to them, did you not know that I would be about my father's business? Watch this now. They started out looking for a word about him, and then they got their focus on finding him. And when they found him, they got a word that not only changed their life, it's still being preached today. You see, one word from him changes everything. But here's the problem in our lives. Most of us don't have enough singular focus to find where Jesus is and become focused on Jesus, and we're too busy looking for a word. We need somebody to tell me how to fix my problem. We need some preacher to tell me what needs to be done in my life so that it will fix my problem. We need some conference. We need some book. We need some television show. We need something that will change who I am because we're looking for a word. And I've come to tell you today, the problem is you're looking for the wrong thing. You're looking for a word about him. But what you really need to do is become singularly focused on finding him because he is the word and if you can find the word then you will get a word from the word who will change everything about who you are and you can live on a word from the word does that make sense you see if you can find jesus can and pastor john what do you want to accomplish in this sermon today do you know what would make me happy out of this sermon today is if somebody and i don't know why i'm picturing some little woman for some reason in my mind is to say to stand up strong and say you know what i came into this place just hoping god would speak to my problem but instead i have made up my mind from this moment forward come hell or high water i'm getting to where jesus is i'm going to find jesus and everything else is going to work out in my life if I can just find Jesus, because if I can get closer to Jesus, most of us want to shout over a word because somebody gave us a great revelation that reminds me and I can feel their excitement. But what happens when we find Jesus? We get a word we can live on. And most of us are desperately looking for a word. Now, here's what I want you to understand about a word from Jesus for your life. When we encounter a word for our life, listen to this carefully, it is a revelation of the, I should have almost put it here, the depth of the relationship, and I'll put that in the next one, that we have with the Word of God. Watch this. When I find a word for my life from Christ, it is a revelation of how much I know Him. Why? Because you will never receive a word that is out of the depth of your relationship with Christ. You will never have a deep, life-changing word if you're walking around with a shallow relationship with Jesus. You will never find something that stirs your soul to the place that causes you to once again return to your passionate worship, that causes you to once again become driven toward the cross of Christ no matter the cost, that causes you to arise no matter what with a singular focus that says, I will not be dissuaded by yesterday's burdens and struggles and sins anymore. I have made up my mind. I'm going to get to where Jesus is. And the deeper you get into a relationship with Jesus, the deeper the word begins to fill your life and one word from him changes everything about your life one word from God can totally change your direction can I get an amen about that today I'll just give it to you real slow one word from God can change your entire direction this is so 
important. Now, I fought God for this message, and you'll see why in just a moment. You see, one word from God can change your future. One word from God can change your ministry. But the problem is we're too busy thinking about, well, God, I need you to talk to me about this. Where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? What, what, what am I supposed to do about this job? What am I supposed to do about this relationship? What am I supposed to do about this opportunity? What am I supposed to do about school? What am I? And we're too busy looking for the word that we're missing out on the significance. You see, these things all get answered when I get singularly focused on Christ. It's true. Watch this. If you're too busy looking for an answer about a situation in your life that you're not focused on the Word, that if you're not focused on Christ, watch this now. The problem is you have become focused on the answer to the question and not focused on the answer to your life, who is Jesus. So, people say to me, Pastor, I want God to use me. I want God to give me a Word. I want to, I want to speak and I want, I want people to be healed. And here's what I'll say. You'll never understand how to speak a miraculous Word until you can receive an ordinary Word in your life. Until you can serve God right where you are. People are like, but, but I want God to use me. And I'm like, you know what? That means that no matter how mad they've made you, you still got to be good to your neighbor because the Word has already told you to grow closer to Jesus. You got to love your neighbor like you love yourself. So you got to do the right thing no matter what you want. You want God to send fire out of your fingers and let revival come to America. Come on now. And you're going, why won't you move, God? Why won't you move, God? And God said, why won't you get up and go tell the person you've wronged you're sorry? Did I just say that? Sorry, that one just, that was free. You see, God wants to give you a word that changes everything. A one word from Him can change everything, but you only find it when you find Him. Watch this. These men had been trying to get a business started, this fishing business started, and they were doing pretty good, history tells us. They were probably the most successful in their town, but they were getting kind of frustrated. It was probably generations that had been going on in this, and they weren't sure what was happening in their life. And Jesus walks up, and when they see Jesus, he says, follow me. And one word from him when they found him changed everything. Or what about the same guys? They had been fishing all night long. All night long they've been fishing. What, when you're fishing all night long, what are you looking for? Pastor Danny, what are you looking for? Sleep. You're tired. But I don't, if I'm looking for sleep, brother, I'm going to bed. But if I'm out there all night long, I'm looking for what? Fish. And I'm going to tell you, this boy ain't staying out there all night long if they're not biting. But watch this. They had sought fish and their life didn't change. But suddenly Jesus walked up. And when Jesus walked up, what did he say to them? Drop your net on the other side. And when they dropped their net on the other side because they had found the answer, then the other problems lined up. You're trying to figure out how to save your business, how to save your life, how to save your relationships, what you're supposed to do in this, this world that you're in, and you can't figure it all out. It's because you're looking in the wrong place. Find Jesus. The leper said, if you will, you can make me whole. And Jesus responded with a simple word, I will. And he was completely healed. One word when you find the source changes everything. So stop looking for a word and find the word. You see, you need a word from the Lord. There's a couple of reasons you need a word from the Lord. First, 
You need a word from God because a word from God will give you fresh passion. You see, old passion gives old results. You need something to get inside of who you are. And if all you can do is think about what God used to do, your passion is going to be based in what used to be. It's not going to be as vibrant and as on fire as it can be right here where you are. You need a fresh passion. A fresh hunger for God. A fresh word from God. Look, I I told you I fought God on preaching this today, but I know that I'm bringing the message that God wants me to give you. Why? Because if you've grown weary, what it ought to be is any opportunity you have to get closer to the word, you ought to be drop and run because I know who he is and I know he changes everything. Some of you are going through seasons. You're like, I'm just dry and I'm thirsty and I'm weary and I don't feel like going on. I'm trying to talk to you today. Stop thinking about how dry you are and start thinking about he who said, I am the living water and whoever would drink from me, he will never thirst again. When I look up from what I'm looking for and I start looking to who I should be looking for, then everything changes. So you go, but God's not talking to me. Listen to me, God's first words to you were not his last words to you. The problem is, You've been too busy looking for a word about Him. You need to find Him. Start, stop talking about where you've been. And remember what Isaiah 40, 31 says. Those who trust in the Lord will find, watch this, new strength, new passion, new fire, new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Why? Because they finally found Jesus. You're going, Pastor Don, I need God to fix my problem. No, your problem is you need more of God. That's a problem when you preach with one of these mics. You can't have a mic drop moment. Here's another thing that a word changes. Are you ready for this? A word will help you to understand the seasons of God. Say seasons of God. You see, God's seasons are God's movements. God moves inside of seasons. And we have a problem. Here's a problem many people face. When the seasons of our lives change, listen to me carefully, many people become spiritual snowbirds and they head south looking for warmer climate. There's the problem. Experiencing the seasons of life without changing location allows us to prepare for seed time and harvest. I've just got to tell you why I fought God so much on this message. This point right here. It's already happened today. I preached this message and somebody came up to me and immediately said, oh, I was just looking for a sign from God that I was supposed to do what I'm doing and that now I'm going to go do this. And I'm screaming with everything in me going, you didn't listen to what I was saying because I did not tell anybody to leave their spouse or quit their job or change their church. It's not what I said. What I said was you cannot chase seasons. You have to chase Jesus. 
And by chasing Jesus where he planted you, you go through the seasons and the seasons prepare you for seed time and harvest. You can never reap a harvest if every time the winter comes that's preparing the ground for seed time, you run somewhere else. You're trying to get somebody else's harvest. What you have to do is plant your feet and say, God, I will find you for my family. I will find you for my marriage. I will find you for my church. I will find you for my community. And I'm not going anywhere until I see you move, Jesus. Come on, amen. Let me give you an example of this quickly. Some people jump from marriage to marriage or relationship to relationship. Why? Because, watch this, they're looking for the season of falling in love. They love falling in love. Falling in love is wonderful. Can I get an amen? Amen. That was only half of you. Some of you can't remember. Like, what was that like? Falling in love is wonderful. Watch this. You need somebody to write down what I'm about to say. But living in love is better. You see, falling in love is, 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 you know, hearts and roses and that kind of stuff. But living in love is care and concern and being there for somebody. And just because you love, you you don't make me feel like you used to make me feel. Oh, come on now. So you're looking to feel like you used to feel. I don't know why this, that was not my earlier services. I'm going to give it to somebody. You know, when I was a boy, I had a Mustang. And I, in that Mustang, I would roll down the window and let my mullet fly in the wind. Come on now. Come in Georgia, around those curves. And we all went to Tri-County Plaza. Come on, amen. Let my mullet flap in the wind. <laughs> I want you to know I loved everything about that car. I loved the feeling, the way it hugged the road. Are you with me? Mullet hugging the road. Some of you are trying to imagine that. You're going, we can't imagine you with hair. God, give you vision. (laughs) Listen to me. But you know what? I was driving a Mustang not too long ago, and I rolled down the window, (laughs) and nothing went anywhere. (laughs) The feeling was different, but here was the major feeling. What I used to love feeling about the road now left me sore (laughs) afterwards. Watch this, because I'm not who I used to be. And so you're looking for a feeling and you're throwing things away that you've invested far too much in. You need to look at somebody sometimes and say, you know what, I love you, but I also got a lot invested in you. And I'm not going anywhere. You tell your spouse what I told my wife. I said, you can leave me if you want to, but you better wait long enough for me to pack my bags and come with you, glory to God. (laughs) Amen. Why? Because when you've spent life living through the seasons, watch this, winter's always going to come. But spring is on the other side. And summer might not be my favorite season of the year. 
That's the weird thing. I love the winter. She loves the summer. I'm like, I'll see you in the spring. Come on now, man. <laughs> Do you know what? What I'm finding is we both thrive at different times, but it gets our family and our life to the right place at the right time. You see, some of you are trying to figure out what you should be doing. What you ought to be doing is finding how to get closer to Jesus. That's what you need to do. And if you get closer to Jesus, everything else would work out. And stay in the right season. You know, how many of you are thankful for Georgia's freaky weather? Anybody? Hey, it's better than 14 feet of snow. But this last week, I left home for my first meeting. It was 48 degrees when I left home. 48 degrees. So I dressed for 48 degrees. It only makes sense. When I got to my last meeting and I stepped out in Kennesaw, Georgia, in my last meeting, watch this now, it was 84 degrees. I suddenly realized, watch this, that I was not dressed for the season I was in. I was dressed for the season that had begun earlier in the day, but it had changed on me. And here's the reason you can't thrive within the seasons and find Christ right where you are, right what God's doing in your life right now. Listen to me. It's because you're still trying to hold on what made you comfortable in the last season when seasons have changed. And God is not obligated to work through you when you're trying to live out of the season you're in. Listen to me carefully. This is what the word... I want you to hear Daniel chapter 2, verse 20, and I'm, I'm fixing to bring this thing to a close, but praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He listen, listen to this. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Listen to me carefully. God wants to help you learn to live in the season you're in. And the way that you're going to do that is by realizing that God's not obligated to support you when you're trying to live in a different season than what you're in. I couldn't cling to what had comforted me in the morning because it made me uncomfortable and unable to thrive in the afternoon. There is a time for you to begin, watch this, to realize there's a season to start. There's a season to grow. There's a season to reproduce, and then there's a season to encourage. Come on now. There's a season for you to begin. And the problem for some of us is we never want to leave that season. But then there's a time for you to start growing. And then there's a time for you to reproduce the life of Christ that's in you inside of others. And then there's a time that you realize that you become mature and you better not be trying to start. You need to be start encouraging and helping others become. And the problem is when we, don't, we get stuck because of some sin in the wrong season, you cannot transition until you learn the lesson of that season. I'm giving you truth now. I can't, I'm not at the stage to begin. I am growing in Christ, but I'm not at the stage to grow. If I'm preaching right here, I need to be mature in Christ. 
I have even moved beyond that season of, of the reproduction of our lives. But my stage right now is to help those that we have brought up begin to take the next steps to becoming the leaders who are growing and reproducing and maturing and so that, that the day of their hour of encouragement may come. And the thing is, if I get stuck trying to get back here being who I used to be, it's going to look funny. Listen to me. I don't need to try to look, and if you can fit in these, God bless you, I'm talking about me right now, but I don't need to try to look like I used to look. I don't have hair anymore. And when I walked into the store and said, I'd like some skinny jeans, they politely looked at me and said, "Uh uh-uh, honey. Because that's not who I am at this stage. Nothing wrong with you being at that stage. But it's not who I am because of who where I am physically. I can't try to be in a season I'm not. You let me lose 150 pounds, I'll rock them. (laughs) Just to show you I can. Oh, I just had an image. Glory to God. (laughs) And I'm going to dance with Mike Boyce when I do. Amen. But I can't be out of season. And so, too many times, instead of thriving in the season you're in, you are losing who you are trying to be who you used to be. Am I making sense to anybody? You see, where you are today is your location. It's not your destination. This is important. Seasons, finding a word about Him, all these things are great. But the greatest thing I've told you is find Jesus. Because finding Jesus will put you in the best place of your life. Finding Christ, knowing that you are singularly focused, that come whatever, I mean, look, I'm finding Jesus. Come with me or, or don't. I'm going to find Jesus. Well, my spouse, don't, no, no, I, you're not listening. Come with me or not, I'm going to find Jesus. Come with me or not, we're going to have revival. Come with me or not, God's going to change this nation. Listen to what I'm saying. God's going to do something. We're going to find Jesus and everything else is going to work out. Watch this. Here's what God taught me. The reason that most of us can't find what we're looking for is we don't understand this principle. Listen to me. This is not going on the screen. You need to listen to it, but you need to write it down if you're taking notes. God does not bless you everywhere. He blesses you somewhere. Listen to me. God does not bless you. This is why some ministers I know cannot reach the potential that they need to reach is because they're not committed to a somewhere. They're too busy trying to be everywhere. God is not obligated to bless you everywhere. He said, he said this to Joshua. He said, wherever your foot hits the ground, that's a somewhere. I will bless you there. I will move you in there and then you will become fruitful and multiply and will prosper. It's always, it's always a there. God blesses you in a there, in a somewhere. Some of you cannot thrive because you haven't identified clearly where your there is. Or you're too busy, watching this, you're too busy looking for your next that you can't thrive in your now. Watch this. This is important. That principle came... to being in my life. I don't mean to offend anybody. This is just simply when you grow up, when you grow up in Forsyth County, Dawson County, Hall County, back 
30 years ago, it was a different atmosphere. Dawson County went to Gainesville to shop. Forsyth County went to Roswell to shop. That's just the way it was. It was a different culture. It was a different atmosphere. Delonica didn't like anybody. Come on now, amen. I mean, all right. And it's just, it was just different. It was a different era. And so growing up where I did, and that community feel that I had, this was a prayer I literally prayed. I said, God, I will go to Africa if you want me to to serve you. Lord, I don't want to go to New York City, but I'll go there if you make me. I said it sort of like that El Paso commercial, New York City, you know what I'm talking about. But I said these words. I said, God, whatever you do, please, please don't send me to Dawsonville, Georgia. So where did he send me? 28 years of my life. And for the first weeks, months, actually, was going on. I mean, it was just, uh, it was painful. And I don't remember how long it went on, but I, I mean, I was, I was screaming. There was all kind of struggles in the community. I mean, we were being told we weren't a church because we weren't this kind of church or that kind of church. I mean, it was just, it was, we were not welcome. Everything was horrible. I'm screaming at God. I'm like, God, the one place I asked you not to send me. (laughs) Bad when you say, get with the program, God. This is what he said to me. I will never bless you anywhere more than I will at Warhill. I was right there in that curve when he said it, right there. And the moment he said that, it was like something went boom inside of me. Because I realized it wasn't the answer I had wanted, so I was seeking for a different. It's like when God tells you it's not time to date somebody or, 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 or you can't make that person who you want to be to marry them or, or you know, don't jump the job you're in to another job just because. Somebody gave me some really great advice one time. They said, if you ever leave a job on a low place, then you failed. They said, it better be thriving when you leave. I thought, wow, that's been advice I've lived my life by. But instead of thinking about jumping ship, I realized something right there in that moment that some of you need to get. That what I found was not the answer to how to fix a problem. Because even after I got that word, one day I showed up back from a mission trip and and our building had been stolen by an inappropriate law. And and we didn't even have a church anymore. And it was a legal battle. We had to get it back and all this kind of stuff. It was horrible experiences. And the, the struggle still was there. But watch this. But I realized it wasn't about any of that. It was about finding Jesus. And if we could bring Jesus to this community the way he called us to, not the way that it wasn't happening because there were lots of great churches, but the way he called us to bring Jesus to this community, to preach the gospel unashamedly and, and, and be determined to win souls, then we would be in the right place. So we started doing what God's called us to do. And 28 years later, literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people have now given their life to Jesus Christ. Because God will bless you in the somewhere. Stop thinking, well, if I could just get a better marriage, if I could just get a new job, and start thinking, how do I prosper where I am? Oh, I need to get in touch with Jesus. Stand with me. Some of you are wanting a relationship. I get that. There is one that you need above all others. One with Jesus. Get one with Jesus. Get one with Him. Grow in your relationship with Christ. 
Because until you find him, none of the other answers are going to work for you. They may be patches and they may be momentary fixes, but your ultimate problem is not solved until you connect with Jesus Christ. Now you have to That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.